TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 540, and I am Libya, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hi, this is Tom. I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hi, this is Yusun, coming at you with a stuffy nose in Los Angeles, costume designer and TV enthusiast. Hey, this is Peter. I write for Why So Blue, and I live in Hollywood. Tom will bring us the news. ABC has announced that Jesse Williams and Sarah Drew will return for next month's Grey's Anatomy season 18 finale. They also renewed Goldberg for season 10, and news we actually care about, Abbott Elementary's season 1 finale spiked ratings 200%. 200? 200%. Wow. And it's the network's hottest new comedy since the Connors uh, spun off of Roseanne. Uh, Dominique Fishback from Last Days of Ptolemy Gray has been cast as the lead in Donald Glover and Janine Neighbors' upcoming Amazon series, which will evidently focus on a Beyonce-like character. And Alana Glazer is in talks to star in, star in and EP the comedy series The Suck from Ali Israelson. AMC has greenlit Bob Odenkirk's new dramedy series Straight Man, two weeks after announcing its development. Uh, Apple TV Plus has announced that F. Murray Abraham will leave Mythic Quest ahead of season three, and Idris Elba will star in an executive produced hijack, a limited series about, wait for it, a plane hijacking. I was about to say a hijacking, per se, perhaps? (laughs) Uh, Disney Plus announced that Walter Scobell from The Atom Project will be the lead in Percy Jackson and the Olympian series. Yay for casting a 13-year-old to play a 13-year-old. And he's good. He's good, too. Instead of aging up the character, which really ticked off the author, who, by the way, is on the writing staff. Belle Pauly, Leah Schreiber, and Joe Cole will lead the Nat Geo limited drama series A Small Light about Anne Frank's protectors. Fox announced Emily Van Camp will return for the Resident Season 5 finale. HBO gained 3 million subscribers in quarter one, its last under AT&T. Curb Your Enthusiasm season 12 has been confirmed by uh, Larry David. Thomas Cockerell will leave The Gilded Age before season two. 13 other actors have been promoted to series leads. They will have a whopping 24 series leads. Wow. And the, and the why wait so long, Jerry? Jerry West is demanding a retraction for, quote, deliberately false, unquote, portrayal in winning time after seven episodes aired. <laughs> HBO Max ordered Dead Boy Detectives to series. That's the spinoff of Doom Patrol, which itself was a spinoff of Titans. Netflix has added two thumbs up u- user content rating for when you really love something. They also lost 200,000 subs- subscribers in quarter one, which caused the stock to drop 35%. Bridget in season two, officially surpassed season one as Netflix's most-watched series ever. Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson's action comedy Man from, Man from Toronto is headed for streaming instead of theaters as part of Netflix's first-look deal with Sony. Maybe if Netflix would stop spinning like a drunken sailor, they wouldn't be bombing their stock. Frank Langella has been recast in Fall of a House of Usher after a misconduct investigation. 
and they've also given a series order to the former CW pilot Glamorous. Miss Benny will be the only cast member to return for the series. Peacock has announced that Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Stephanie Sue from Everything Everywhere All at Once, and David Castaneda from Umbrella Academy will join the cast of Natasha Lyon and Ryan Johnson's series Poker Face. The TED series has confirmed that Seth MacFarlane will reprise the voice of the foul-mouthed foul pot-smoking teddy bear. Georgia Wiggum, Max Burkholder, and Scott Grimes will also star in uh, the TED the series. And uh, Showtime has greenlit the series, the limited series Fellow Travelers, starring Matt Bomer. It's an epic love story and political thriller. That's it. Wow. <laughs> I was just going to say the same thing. Okay. I was like, that's a lot of news, man. All right, let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk the se- the last season premiere of Better Call Saul. And they dropped two episodes. And uh, I will say that this is the, one of the times that they broke format where in their flash forward, we've been telling one continuous story. We've been seeing Saul work at this cinnabon stand and like each season it's a new thing that happens to him but it's been in chronological order this time we start with the end of breaking bad where his house gets repossessed and they take all his stuff so we've actually backtracked which is a little confusing and i'm not entirely sure why we've done that but i'm sure other other than we get a great look at his incredibly tasteless house well that's true i was like is he donald trump with his gold complete with his gold gold toilet toilet. i was like oh my god i was gonna say that but i didn't want to be political (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying uh i think they were just trying to say like how like he had all these portraits of himself all over his place and he's got the stand-up that ends up in the pool some kind of way and I like that they just throw it away. I, th- I love that they just put it in the trash. Did anybody get a, lo- a good look of whatever fell out of that drawer? Like, I couldn't tell what it was. It looked like a uh, a wine stopper. Why, why is that important? I don't know. I was asking myself that question because they just <laughs> zeroed in and I froze the frame and I'm going, that's a wine stopper. But why? I, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I couldn't figure it out. A friend of, I asked a friend of mine who's another big fan of the show. He said that it's it's the wine stopper from when um, a few seasons back when uh, when Jimmy and Kim were celebrating and it was a big deal and they it was like some bottle they hadn't used. That's what it is. Oh, I remember oh, the bottle they were saving, forgot. but yeah, but not the wine stopper. I told you. Yeah. So that's why I was yeah. So that's because when I saw it, I was like, it looks like it's a liquor pop thing, like. But yeah, apparently that's what the connection is because I didn't get it either. That's, yeah, okay. That's a really I, deep cut, guys. Go ahead. I wanted yeah. that to add intrigue to the fact that his tacky house is totally devoid of anything, Kim. Kim. Yeah. Except for that, and we know that obviously something bad is going to happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's also in Breaking Bad. He talked about how he's he's been married several times. I think. So you know, he's he talks about ex-wives, not wife. So, um, yeah, that's, I, th- I think, you know, whoever, whoever, in fact, I think he even ascribed the decoration of the house to one of his, his wives. So I, even that is not necessarily his doing. All right. Uh, we get more clues as we get more confused. Uh, what do you guys think of Kim's plot to take down, um, Hamlin? <laughs> It's a bad idea, but she really is just so turned off by him and so angry that she just wants, she doesn't care. 
<laughs> it's it's I mean, I was like, why are we even doing this? Um, I, I, I granted he was condescending and a jerk to her, but I feel like destroying his career is just extra. Like, what are you doing? I don't get it. Yeah, I, I, it's. I mean, clearly, it's going to have self-destructive repercussions, and it's it's such a bad idea that even even Jimmy is looking at her and going, "I, I you sure you want to do this, really?" <laughs> and he's like the king of bad decision making. Right. Right. So. Um, yeah, I mean, and and revenge too. So, and he, and if he thinks it's a bad idea, but he's going along with it because you know it's it's Kim. And he loves her. Exactly. You know, I mean, you know, their their relationship is kind of a strange one, but still, it's genuine in some respects. And you know, I just I'm I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop as far as that's concerned because I know that's going to eventually play into why we don't see her later right. on. Yep. Uh, Peter, your thoughts about the whole Varga? Is it Vargo? Varga? Nacho. Nacho. Nacho Varga. Yeah, Peter, what do you think of that storyline? That's as fu- that's as fine. I don't. I've never been a huge fan of the of the who's the charming who's the guy that that they that, they, that everyone thinks is dead. Oh, Salamanca. Oh yeah. Well, he's a he's La- a Salamanca. Lalo. Salamanca. Lalo Salamanca. Yeah, like I've always. That's always been my least favorite part of like the last season, even though I think the actor's doing a good job. So that section was okay. My favorite scene in the premiere, because I only saw the first hour, was the scene where uh, Jimmy goes to the the country club and like <laughs> it's, it's all of that. I thought was a pretty good centerpiece. Where I was like, "Wow, this is really good." Like, um, um, but yeah, like the thing with Varga, yeah, it was okay. Like, I mean, I like, well, I just, I like that he figured out that they were playing him before it all, you know, went bad. I like that he's smart. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Mar- I, I like Var Nacho. I like that he's smart. Oh, the Nacho. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like Nacho way more than Lala. He's still oh, screwed, yeah. though, because everybody's after him. The yeah, good he's absolutely bad. screwed, but at least he's not dumb. Yeah, but he's he's designated scapegoat. So yes, he, I mean he's he's got a like several different people coming at him from different angles. Absolutely, and I I I mean it's set up so that the audience is going to root for him. But I am really worried that he's because since we don't hear about him later on again, um, you know how it's going to play out for him. I hope that it plays out that he just disappears rather than he you know. But I, I like up, I like that killed. Mike Mike is taking a stance on this. And won't and won't yeah. and won't let him use Nacho's dad as leverage. Right. So basically, overall, I think that this episode or the the first two episodes are really good of resetting the well, not really resetting the board, but really reminding us what what's at stake and what's going on. Um, and it takes place like five seconds after the finale of last season. So oh, yeah. if you can get can you if you can get a recap, watch a recap because that would be really seriously. helpful. Because I was like, wait, yeah. what's happening again? Oh, okay. Yeah, they but, seriously yeah. don't do anything to get you up to speed. Not 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 a lot. So it's a good thing I really like this show. So it was pretty close to my memory. All right, let's move on. Thumbs up for Better Call Saul. Next up, we're going to talk about the series finale of Blackish, which I think Tom is the only one who watched. No, uh, no, I watched it. On All right, go ahead, go for it. No, I thought it was. I thought it was a good series finale. They they didn't do any weird, you know, modeling stuff like the Modern Family series finale. Even though the twins are going off to college and Junior is headed back to college, but the big upshot is, um, uh, Pops and uh, Ruby are getting ready to move out finally, 
And then all the neighbors are like, oh, are you guys moving? Well, no? Would you accept an all-cash offer? And so Bo and Dre start thinking, and then Simone Biles is the client of the week at the office, and he, she says, follow your heart. And he decides, you know, we've lived in a white neighborhood all these years. Maybe it's time we live in a black neighborhood. And it was kind of a really natural progression for the show after eight seasons. But it was it was a good, solid episode. The boss at the ad agency had the tackiest line ever. He's like, oh, well, see, you've taught me that I can't say uppity Negro wanted as your replacement because that would be wrong. That was was real. Like, I mean, not real. It was ridiculous. But that I was like, wait, what? What That's 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 the boss character. But I thought it was a really good uh, it was a really solid, uh, really solid series finale. And because Junior's moving into Gronish this summer, the Ish universe is still alive and we'll see you know, occasional appearances by other mem- members of the of the Johnson family. But oh, I, I like was... hearing that. Say what? I said, oh, I like hearing that. I, you know, I Gronish fell off my list for not any real reason, but I definitely think that will make me tune back in just to see how that shakes out. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I you know, I I like his character, and I like the idea of having the crossover character, like having just yet one more character on Blackish. You know what I mean? From Blackish. Yeah. And, the, so and like they, got rid of, they got rid of the entire cast except for Zoe, her boyfriend, and one of the other students. Oh, again, <laughs> that'll be interesting for me <laughs> when I tune back in. Oh, now that I had a... And the blackish showrunner is moving to Grunish, too. Even even better news. <laughs> even better news. <laughs> no, no. Good, and one of the more interesting things in, in some of the wrap-up articles, you're not going to see many more shows that run eight, epi- eight seasons and have 174 episodes. Yeah, that's just not in today's yeah. economy with sitcoms where you get a 13 episode first season and you might get a second season with also 13 episodes. So yeah. it's really a dinosaur. It, you know, and that's a real shame because uh, over the years, I mean, we are talking eight years. I definitely watched Blackish regularly. I, I mean, I, I did not watch this last season again for a variety of reasons. And there were just so many shows and this and that and stuff. And that's actually rare for me because I do really like half hour comedies and I really don't think there's enough, or at least good ones. And CBS has plenty of bad ones, but you know, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not watching CBS comedies with the exception. I think of ghosts, which I didn't realize was a CBS show. Um, We'll talk about that later. Um, But I just, I don't have a lot to say except that, you know, I, I think, I think many of us, but but me especially, I've I've said I, I really really like series enders. You know, just I don't know. It's like a it's really interesting to see how they finish it, and you know, tying everything up with a ribbon and this and that. So this is what I'll say to just I'll just say this. You know, because we could go on about the actual series. Um, I'll, I'll I'll bounce off of what Tom said, which is that you know it avoided, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I remember. Okay, so it it avoided anything maudlin, you know, and anything sort of extra syrupy and stuff. And in fact, I thought it was an excellent, interesting choice. Um, I don't know if everyone here or listeners are familiar with like the jazz funeral, you know, of like the New Orleans kind of a thing, you know. So it was I didn't really understand what was happening. It's not that I didn't understand what's happening. I just was like, whoa, okay." So they really went on this like joyful like it was very symbolic of something coming to an end. But instead of it being like super sad, you know, or super regretful, it was really like, 
moving on, you know? And um, so I thought that was a, a, an excellent choice. Um, the story, they didn't actually have many stories. Like it really was just a, 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 a collection of goodbyes. You know, let's hit every character that was on the show. Let's kind of give them closure. Let's let them have one or two lines. So in that sense, it wasn't like... Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which I remember all of us absolutely loving, you know, as a series finale, because there was still a full story in there. And, you know, the series finale also closed off whatever uh, storyline they gave us for, you know, anyway. So it was a different take, is what I'm saying. Not necessarily worse, um, but, defi- I get, but definitely, um, I think it did the, the series proud. I mean, I think it kept uh, in tune with the messages it's always given us and the spirit and, and it was hopeful. So I thought it was a, a very solid, like Tom said, not amazing, but very solid series ender. Okay. All right. Let's, so that's thumbs up. Uh, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about ghosts, which Peter it's Peter's fault that people, any of us watch ghosts at all. And I blame you uh, a lot because I, Watched four episodes of Ghosts. I was not... Can't say I was not a fan. It's it's okay. I would say it's an okay series. And if you just kind of want something in the background, it's kind of charming-esque. Without, you know... I would not say it's a bad comedy. But I wouldn't say it was a good comedy either, so... Yeah, it's very inoffensive. Peter, you go, because you're the one... This was yours. This is your baby, Peter. Hit it, hit us. Yeah. I mean, I've, re- I've been rewatching it because um, of the first. So basically the finale was it's funny because I happened to get into it last week. I just I was on the Paramount app probably because of Halo or something. And I was like, what is Ghosts? Like, so I ended up watching pretty. I've been binge the season until the until like the second to last episode because it hadn't aired yet. And then I just found out that the last Thursday was actually the finale. Um, and I've been rewatching it, uh, with, uh, my girlfriend and it's funny because this show got us into iZombie because I was watching it and I was like, who's this actress? I was like, I really like her. And I know, I think a bunch of you already saw iZombie. Yes. That's so 2015. So now I'm on season two of iZombie, which I'm quite enjoying. Um, I, yeah, I like the show. I would say it's like. I don't know. It's like a seven out of 10. Like, I, I mean, I, you're right. I, I can't say it's, I think Abbott elementary is a superior a superior comedy. Um, but I like, I like the premise. I, I, I know it's based on a UK, um, which is on HBO max. The, the original UK version is on HBO max, but I don't, I don't really know how better or worse that show is. But I mean, the main thing of this is I, I like the cast. I like how, Essentially, the ghosts are from different time periods. I yeah, think that's fun. kind of a fun, like fun. thing. Um, all the actors seem like you know, you know, comedians. So I think they all have good timing and stuff. And I think for a first season, which is essentially them getting their bed and breakfast, their A or B and B, up to like that's basically the the plot, which is like, can they get this haunted house able so they can get out of debt? to be an Airbnb. And of course the ghosts are very nervous about that. And by the end of the season, it seems like that's basically where they're going to be for, cause it, it, it was renewed uh, for season two. Um, but I, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I know. I mean, not every episode's great. I, I like the episode where um, the husband who can't see ghosts play D and D with um, Pete, the, uh, the guy, the, 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 the Boy Scout, Scout with the arrow, Scout with the arrow, and he loves D and D. I thought that was a pretty good episode. I like the one with the um, 
there's like a mean girl from the 80s who who because she's prom, a teenager prom, the prom, the prom yeah, girl because she's a teenager as a ghost she only she sleeps most of the year <laughs> just he only wakes up one day of the year and i was like oh that's a funny idea like yeah, for turning yeah. character so I, yeah. I i've enjoyed it i i yeah i mean Libya's not never Libya's never been as much into sitcoms or comedies as I have. So perhaps I just have I I just lean more towards this kind of stuff. Um, but I'm glad that you guys all gave it a chance and I want to hear what Euson thought. But I, I yeah, I'm I I I'm definitely in for season two. You know, I'll start backwards, uh, which is that I I am also glad that there is a season two. Um, if if they didn't, here's what I will say. If I heard, if they didn't get a season two, I would not be like broken up about it at all. But I'm happy to hear it got a second season. And this isn't enough of a, a draw to tell those people, those of you who, who've bailed on it. Um, it does get better, but if you don't like it now, at this point, I don't think it gets better enough for, for people who, who on the fence or didn't like it to, for it to, to say continue. I just want to give, because this is the first time people are hearing about it, and we probably won't talk about the show again on the podcast. Um, I just want to give a quick, quick overview of, of, of the show in the sense that the lead character, um, you know, they do inherit this old house, and she ends up falling down, having an accident, and then, you know, because of the accident, head trauma, she is now able to communicate and see a, a house full of ghosts, and her husband can't. No one else can see it. Um, but what I liked about the show, we talk about this all the time about like a, a, a like a thread you know that that is sort of the um basis of the entire series and then one-off episodes they do a nice job of doing both there is a, an overall theme that peter talked about but then individually there's a house full of ghosts uh, like a ton and um they all definitely have their specific uh characters and their their deaths how they died and their personalities and so as the series goes on one of the things that makes the show much more um, engaging is that they go through each ghost and they kind of give you the background of uh, how they died and why and then it exposes their personalities and stuff so uh, by the end there is a there is I by the end I'm at the end uh, by the end there there are several characters that I've actually become pretty invested in and when you see their growth which is nice you know they took one season they all had arcs they all had growths it's a hard thing to do with a large cast um, I actually it was meaningful it, uh, it was fun for me and and moving even you know there was like a little speech and I thought well this show has come around so it is absolutely not a great show but it is not a terrible show and I think that it's sweet you know without being saccharine and there are, there are enough laughs and it's uh, every once in a while it's really actually very inventive or creative so i think it's you know if you're looking for a, a not a, an inoffensive show that you want to take up your time and smile a little bit and stuff feel a little better i think it's worth watching especially if second season gets better even all right uh that seems like a thumbs up from you guys that's it's a me it's a thumb sideways for me all right okay. next up we're going to talk about uh moon Knight, and this was episode four and in this episode, uh, the big, the big, the bigness of it, I guess, is that they're in Egypt now. They're going to the, the tombs and they're exploring the tombs, which is really cool. It has a really good, the show has a really good look to it as they're going through the tombs and stuff. And then, uh, of course, you get to the end where there's a big fight. And, um... Then we end up in Steven slash Mark slash whoever's head in some sort of weird asylum. And so the, the show takes a completely different tone at that point because you're like, okay, what is going on now? 
So I'm assuming all the stuff that's happening in his head is taking place in a in like a couple of seconds as he's dying. Um, so all of that is pretty interesting. I think this was a pretty strong episode of Moon Knight. Uh, what did you guys think? I agree. I was I was able to um, I got to review it. So they sent the press the first four episodes. So this was when I did the review, which is at whysoblue.com. I was basing it on the first four episodes, and because I watched them in a row. I really was not really into the second and third. I really felt like the show was running in place where I was like, yeah, I get it. He, he needs to get over what a jerk Mark is. You know, he, he doesn't want to give up his power, but the fourth episode, I understood why that was the episode that was the last one to give critics. Cause I was like, well, yeah, if you end it with this mental institution <laughs> scene, like I was like, well, yeah, this very much is like, Oh, okay. Well now I have to see what happens next. If they had only <laughs> sent the first three I would have been like, yeah, I don't really care about this show. But, the, yeah, the fourth episode I thought was pretty good. And the entire big finale, w- which leads up to him getting shot and stuff, is great. Like, that's really good. I like. I finally like um, the stuff that gets uh, to a head with – I keep getting confused. Is Mark the jerk and Steven the nice one? Yeah. Mark is yeah, not yeah. a jerk. Mark yeah. is – Mark is – <laughs> <Mark is, laughs> He's, he's, he's a mercenary. He's a mercenary, but I would not qualify Mark as a jerk. I don't think so either. You think you think he's a nice guy? I didn't say he's a nice no. guy, but he's not a jerk. Yeah, no. I think if he's not a nice guy, you're pretty much a jerk. No, like, so. that is not the, that is not black and white, Peter. His, but his, yeah. his, well, the, I mean, to me, what makes him a jerk is how he keeps trying to control Stephen and how he obviously is not very good as a husband. Like, so to me... But but we find out why he's not a good husband. Oh, good Lord. We're all talking at the same time. One at a time, people. He's trying to protect Layla. He's made that clear. He's he's deliberately separating himself from her because Khonshu has said that she she is his next avatar. Right. And and so he wants to put as much space between them as possible so that doesn't happen. That doesn't make him a jerk. That makes him protective, Peter. Exactly. I mean, he's deliberately isolating himself for that reason. I think that's really old chauvinism. If if he had told her and been like, here's what's going on, but he doesn't. And for me, that's a jerk move. you got to be honest with your partner and say, look. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing with your assessment of that, but I don't think that that makes him overall a jerk. Some amazing person. I'm like, you know, keeping stuff from your partner, that's not high to me. I don't, I don't respect that. You don't do that to me. I don't. Yeah. So, so we're we're getting a little personal guys, but I, But anyway, well, I, no, but... I really like the episode, though. I think I think a lot. I like that the wife finally finds out. I think that's great. Like it moves forward. So yes, that's true. Yeah, well, thumbs I... up to me. Yeah. Uh, Allison I... hasn't talked yet, so Allison, go ahead. What oh, What yeah, do you want? Yeah, and I I thought it was a great episode actually, and especially it came on the heels of what I thought was probably their weakest episode last week. Um, this this one was was terrific and it moved everything forward and it showed I think a number of things that that were great. Um, it got us more into the characters. Layla, I mean, is a serious badass, which we got to yeah. see on you know on display in a great way. I mean, you keep you you're wondering when someone is going to run to her rescue and she didn't need any nope. rescue. Yep, she that, kicked, she kicked butt. I loved it. That yeah. was awesome, but in a really realistic way. Yeah. yeah, and and it just it just made uh, Harrow's character all the more creepy with the whole discussion that he had with her and the fact that he seems to know everything. Um, and certainly that scene at the end um, was 
was crazy but fascinating. Oh, and the third um, character is like knocking to get out of that uh, tomb. That, or of course, and I'm sure everyone who was watching that, you know, did the same thing of open it, open it, <laughs> no, no, look away, run back, open it. Because um, it's clearly going to be the, the, the third identity who's been showing up when, when neither of them are aware. Right. Um, so, but I, all of all of this was so great, and I loved the little things that they had in the background in in the uh, in in this this mental mental institution where the oh. canopic jars are st- sitting in the background yeah. and yeah. different little details like that 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 were just little little Easter eggs. I thought I thought were terrific, but I mean the the just the finale with the the hippopotamus god coming through the oh, door. That was, oh my god, that was so weird. And, I mean, it's just just huge and menacing, and then goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah that was great i i just i, I just want to say very quickly because you guys hit all of it you know i haven't been on podcasts for a while so i don't know like what you guys have been saying about this show or others but like i said i will everything that peter and allison said i will say uh i was very uninterested by the end of three and uh if i had not been planning on coming on podcasts i wouldn't have watched four i'm very glad that i did i'm totally back on board um so everything all of you guys said i don't need to say i just want to say one thing which allison you already touched on it, I finally saw a scene that I have been waiting for in the history of like action, you know, movie fighting things. When she fights off that uh, monster one on one off the cliff, right? And you think she's gone over with it, right? And she comes back, you know, sub- rescues herself, and she's laying there, and she's like, ah, like, and she screams, and like. You can't be in a life-threatening experience like that and not have that level of, you know, relief and exhaustion and frustration. And I laughed, laughed hysterically because I thought, yes, that is the most real reaction I have ever seen when you were doing one-to-one combat with a supernatural being that literally, you know, you should have died for. So it's little touches like that that make her character seem extra real and extra like sell you know what i mean like it was very believable that her fighting and stuff it wasn't like tomb raider ish or you know mary sue like she's definitely going to survive everything that happens to her so i really didn't think she was going to make it honestly that's my point so that's my point she turned out not to be a mary sue and the way she turned out not to be a mary sue was believable to me which is very hard to do so that that's all i wanted to say about that because everything else is you know like everybody else said all right tom really let's wrap this up as much as I don't care for the, oh, I'm really crazy, I'm not really having these experiences in insane asylum thing, because that's a, that's a TV trope I'd like to retire, where they put a fresh spin on it. And I thought, I think it's fascinating how they're really going all in on the Egyptian mythology. And this is the same studio that made the Asgardians aliens, because they didn't want to offend whomever. Right. <laughs> but that the whole thing where the, the gods' avatars are going back and forth and dissing, you know... <laughs> I thought that was, I, I, I'm in, and you know Peter had kind of warned us at the beginning that episode four really picks up in true to his true to promise it did so. All right, so we're giving it a thumbs up. We need to move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Halo, and this episode um, is interesting because this is the most defiant John has been in the entire series so far because he gets more of his memories and he realizes that he's been kidnapped as a child and everybody he talks to and tries to get information from about it 
they're all lying to him. And him realizing that no one's going to be honest and everybody was in on his kidnapping, basically, just makes him, like, legitimately angry. Mm-hmm. And we get to see what that look because the, the thing about the Master Chief is how calm he is all the time, which is why I also thought he was a hypocrite when he sidelined Kai. He was like, oh, you took out your implant. She's like, yeah, after I saw you take out your implant, he goes, you're not fit for duty. And I was like, uh, then you aren't either. And and he sidelines her. And I was just like, dude, what a jerk. I think he was trying to protect her, though. I know. I get that. But still jerk move because he she literally copied yes, what he once did. Again, going, yeah. Once once again, like the other show. Um, men trying to protect women, especially Kai. I mean, Kai is like, oh, she's a, she is a definite really badass. Like, what the heck, man? On, man. Yeah, I mean, that, God, I just what that he was, was worried about was actually the same thing that, um, oh God, what's her name? The, uh, the, the scientist's daughter. Um, uh, I don't remember the, I know Miranda. who you're talking about. Is that yeah. Miranda? Miranda. Miranda. Yes, Miranda yeah. Um, yeah, that she was worried about is that, you know, yeah, she took the, um, the chip out and immediately started doing things that were obviously weird. Right. And, and that would just cause attention to her and potentially, you know, get her in in serious oh, trouble. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Miranda basically life, warned know? her, take the dye out of your hair. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, and, and that's exactly what, what keys him in to there being something is that, okay, yeah, fine, you got the chip out, but you you got to lay a little bit low. Right. Uh, and, and she's clearly not doing that. Right. But I did... I, I'm sure there's going to be repercussions of the Master Chief defying. They gave him the order to protect the artifact above all else, and he's like, "Well, the artifact is five feet away from safety, and one of my teammates is almost dead." So he goes to save her instead of staying on mission. Which, and also, he found out they can totally take over him whenever they want. He didn't know that before, and knowing that, I feel like changes stuff for him because now he's like, not only does he need. He can't trust the people who are giving him his orders. He can't even trust his own body now because they put the implant in him. So he's just got badness all around happening. Tom? Yeah, agreed. Maybe we should send Cortana to participate in the quarter quells because that's what her costume reminds me of. <laughs> um, you know, this episode, the previous episode was eh, really slow. This one was much more fast-paced and much more video game-like. I really could have done without the trope of the, the you know the 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 white humanoid girl is going to pretend to be a victim so she can be a Trojan horse thing. Right. It's like, uh, hate that storyline. I find well, we've fat- literally seen it before, like two episodes ago. Yeah, True. seriously. So. But um, it, it's interesting that uh, the scientist is the only one who seems to figure. I can't figure. Doctor, what's your face? Is the only one to realize. Hey, if we hadn't tried to take the thing out, we wouldn't have singled, sig- signaled the bad guys. Right. It's a signal. And then minutes later, all the bad guys come rushing in. Right. Okay, you have to rethink your strategy, people. I don't think they intended for it to send off a signal. They didn't know that was going to happen, to be fair. But I think once they realized that a signal went out, they should have been like, we should get ready for an attack. And then Seriously. they didn't. They didn't, they didn't they prepare did. at all. Um, but I think this episode was, like you said, was much more fast paced. A lot more things happened. Um, and the only thing is, uh, the, what are her name? Mackie is her, I think her name is her pretending to be a human 
when she was doing it on that other ship, she did it for five seconds and then immediately attacked them. I feel like her trying to integrate into human society for longer enough to figure out what the other artifact is, is going to be a lot more difficult for her. She hasn't been around a human since she was a child. So I think that's going to become obvious. And if they don't, I think that'll be a mistake on the writer's part. If they don't show that, that she doesn't know how to integrate. She's I feel like she's going to make a misstep because the only thing she knows about humanity is like what she read in that book and what she remembers as a kid. I and agree. adults don't behave the same way as children. Yeah, so. I, I I agree. I I feel like I'm really hoping that they they do what you're saying because that could be interesting. What wouldn't be interesting is that she's just she just perfectly fools all the humans. I'd be like, yeah, I've seen that a million times. Like so. Yeah. So I like what you're saying. I, I, I'm hoping. Well, we'll see. We'll see if they actually go in that direction. My big my oh. issue was I thought this episode was better than last week. Yes, I agree. I love seeing more of the Covenant. I love seeing the the, the grunts. I mean, if, if you played the game, like, so because we've only really been seeing the elites and stuff, but now we saw the grunts. No, no, we, and we saw a brute, which I thought was cool. Right, then I was going to say, and then we finally saw a brute, which is really hard to take down. And I was like, oh, that's great. Like, so yeah, as a fan, I was like, oh, this is a pretty good scene uh, and stuff. Um, My issue, which, which Libya was right, it only takes really, it's only maybe like, five minutes of screen time i think kwan's story drives me crazy like i i don't think she seriously i don't think she can lead her people um she literally has a scene in this where we know she's a teenager so she gets so uh soren locks her he like handcuffs her to a motorcycle is like i'll be back just wait here or whatever and to be fair he is like you're gonna have to work off your debt because now my ship's gone so i blame you and i was like well that's fair like um but she they literally have a scene where she being the annoying teenager she's so frustrated that she's screaming and basically like like a child like she's having a temper tantrum yeah like she has a temper tantrum i was just like what are we doing with this character like uh, like all of that stuff you're right. It's not a huge part of the episode, but it drives me crazy. I just, I, they really need to, it, I don't know where this is going for the rest of the season, but I'm assuming the feedback on this character is not going to be great. So if they get a season two, I hope they just reconsider because I liked her in the pilot in the pilot. I'm like, all right, her people are killed. Now she's with the UNSC who she doesn't trust. What does she do? I'm like, okay, that's not bad. I, I'm, I'm curious to see where this is going, but her, her blind devote her blind her blinders of like I need to help my people even though I have no skills is just Seriously. ridiculous. Like so yeah, well she me. has no people. I mean nobody else wants to right. fight That's except true. her. Yeah. Um, and it, the, you know that the problem is, and the reason that that because I really liked her when they first introduced her too, is that I don't understand what they're doing with this character. I I thought that she she and the Master Chief were going to be kind of a little duet going on, like and that, yeah they they'd be doing like a wolf and cub thing with the with the two of them, and and you know they just be a pair and play off each other the rest of the season, and they and and they work great together. I I like the two of them together. They contrast each other very well, but suddenly for some reason they just fob her off into this other storyline that has nothing to do or very little to do with anything that's happening with the master chief i mean i sh- i'm sure it'll dovetail by the end but still in the meantime i'm just going what are you thinking why am i watching this I agree. It, it seems like a waste of a character and a waste of time really 
I wouldn't follow her to the bathroom. <laughs> that is the best oh, line ever. And on that note, wow. we're going to wrap this I, up. I don't, I don't think you're supposed to be following her to the bathroom. Tell but her. I'm just saying, we, we gotta, we're going to wrap it. for you, son. We're going to wrap that up. All right. So overall, we're saying thumbs up for Halo, except for that storyline. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Picard. And this week's episode finds Picard at the end of last week. He gets arrested by the FBI. And I was like, oh, like I just rolled my eyes to the back of my head when that happened. Because that's, that is literally the people in the future get arrested by the police and they think they're aliens. And I was like, ugh. But I like the actor who is playing the FBI agent. He's a good He's actor. From the shield. Yeah, I know. It took me forever to figure out where I knew him from. And then uh, what they end up saying to him and how they're doing that story, and that that story actually worked for me. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I liked it. I liked, oh at the end of it, I liked the story i didn't know where they were going leading up to it and then the whole borg queen thing like Girardi, why is she always mind controlled into being a bad guy like that is the most irritating thing ever she's the hawkeye of star trek <laughs> <laughs> but i the borg queen's fantastic but Girardi going around eating batteries i was like what what is this i don't know what this is uh any other thoughts yeah um, i am so hate watching this show i i loathe literally every single nanosecond that i am spending in front of the tv watching this thing and that really it hurts me because i love patrick stewart and it should be a show that works and you know jerry ryan is actually terrific in this she's fantastic um, yeah yeah and and michelle hurt is doing what she can um with with an awful character but i mean it's just painful to watch this show because the writing is so excruciatingly awful well i can't figure i feel like they had enough story for less episodes than they have so like they were like this is the beginning of the story we go back in time we do this stretched out yeah it's It's, like this especially this episode with the cops it's 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 not i don't feel like it's directionless the the whole thing with the fbi though just it, it killed me it's like first of all what are you what are you arresting them for? They haven't done anything. They're they, arresting they... them for being aliens, which they're not. But well, there's not first yeah. of all, that's not against the law. Second, <laughs> you know, I mean I would love to see where in the book it says that if you materialize on a street, we arrest you. There's really nothing there. So I mean that that's well, and they and they say they that, that at the end that he's a rogue crazy. Right. And yes, exactly. He didn't and arrest like them. Officially. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop for that to happen anyway, because it's it's really obvious. I mean, he's put him in a room without it's anybody closet, there and right. the, the, it's like yeah it's, it's so i'm just waiting for this and i'm thinking you could just walk out of this room this guy is nobody and that never happens they just keep treating him like he's he's for real and and they keep answering his questions as if there's something actually legitimate about anything that's happening and i'm sitting here thinking we are wasting time. we are 100 percent wasting time because at the end they're back to where they started. Like, there was no Literally consequences, nothing. For, nothing. Me, for me, that was the biggest problem, is nothing's changed. You've mm-hmm. just wasted an hour of my That's life. That's true. That's true. All because right. I, I don't, I don't want to just keep r- ranting at this. We all agree this is not the best episode. So let's just move on. Let's move on. And hopefully uh, we'll get to the end game of the season. All right, next up, we're going to talk Tokyo Vice. And Peter, what? how far did you get? 
I've only seen the first two, so we've already talked I, about I, the first. I two. might have to hit mute because I don't want any spoilers. No, but, but, okay. We've already. Am I the only I, one that went past the first two? I'm definitely liking. I'm definitely liking the show. I mean, it's. Um, I you know I I like I like Michael Mann's aesthetic. Um, I think he only directed the pilot actually, but I mean they're following that format it seems for the show. Um, but I'm I'm liking that it felt in the second episode that it's becoming more of an ensemble. Like I'm very curious to see where the I guess the woman who works at the club, I guess that's what we'd call her. Yeah, yeah. she gets her own full full storyline. That's absolutely true. Right. Like we find out we find out she's got a backstory that leads to badness happening and they do well, a flashback to her as a teenager, so we get her whole I guess I guess thing. what I'll say for people who've seen the new episodes say is that only because we just talked about Halo, I think Tokyo Vice and and to a degree slow dogs are they're an example to me of shows where you can have all these multiple threads and the threads might not seem connected like the woman at the bar. You're like, well, how does this have to do with anything? But I'm interested. I, I have a there's a confidence to the storytelling that I'm like, OK, I'm I think this it's going to be important. And I'm so I'll be invested. Whereas with the Halo thing, there are things where I'm like, I don't know. Why are we doing this? Like so there's definitely a balance of like good writing should be able to make stories that don't seem connected you should hopefully as a viewer not want to fast forward and be like right, oh, right. I, I, I i absolutely agree and along with just her in the in the bar we get more of the yakuza you know we find out more of how they work their ranking system see more of the do you see more of the, the guy he befriended? Because I actually like that guy. I yeah, like yeah. Him. He gets his whole storyline. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. That's and good. also, in the second episode, I think as well, we meet the head of the opposing family of the Yakuza. The Tawaza. I believe that's how it's called. And uh, I'm probably totally mispronouncing that. Uh, we get to see how their organization is organized. And they have an agreement with the Yakuza for no... They're not supposed to be aggressive towards each other, and that guy's like breaking the truce because he's trying to take over the Yakuza's territory. And as you watch, you see all the interactions, and then the uh, the the I forgot the white guy's name that runs the paper. Um, nobody remembers his name either. So his storyline is basically he's dealing with um, Ken. What's Ken's last name? Ken Watanabe. Watanabe. We see their relationship because he's dealing with the cops and the cops are dealing with the two gangs and all of it plays together. So all of it tells one big story. And also the whole entitlement that that kid has totally bites him later in a really epic and awesome way. That you're kind of like, I kind of feel bad for you a little bit, but you should have listened, you know. Uh, and he's so self-centered. And I have to say, though, for a little while I start to like him, but then when stuff starts going bad for him, he starts feeling sorry for himself and becomes kind of a jerk. Which I'm hoping that's only going to be for like an episode and he learns his lesson. Uh, we'll see. But they spend they don't spend a lot of time with him. Uh, we get maybe a quarter or less of the episode with him. The rest we spend with all the other characters, especially with the episode with the flashback with the girl from the bar. You spend a lot of time with her and on her episode, you get a full flashback to when she first comes to Japan 
and you find out her whole backstory and how she gets to where she is and why she's in danger now and how it all links together. So all that stuff is great. Um, so if you're thinking it's all about him, it's not. So And then his boss, uh, we get her home life and what's going on with, with her and her annoyance of dealing with this young guy. Um, so I think it's a pretty well-balanced show. Uh, and the, the writing and the editing is fantastic. All right, let's move on. I guess that's, that's all we're going to say about that. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Our Flag is Death, I believe is the name. And when I say we, I, say, I mean people, not me. Our Flag means death. There you go. So hit us. What do you got? Um, okay, well, I started watching this thing a while ago, and I got as far as the first three episodes and went, yeah, I'm never watching this again. And I turned it off, and I refused to have anything to do with the rest of it until I read an article that said, yeah, the first three episodes really bite, but if you can get over that hump, um, it starts to become a, a much better show, and it really actually goes in a, in, in a surprising direction. And I thought, okay, well, it was kind of a lull. We were between new stuff airing, and I thought, I'll give it a shot. And I'm glad I did, because actually that turned out to be true. The show does get better starting around episode four and continues to improve until by the end of the, the season, I was like, oh, my God, this has to get a second season or I'm going to die. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it's, it really, it really, you get so invested in, in the characters, uh, really all the characters, but especially the, the lead, too, Um Played by uh, Reese Darby as uh, the it, based on a real life character, although there is nothing real about the way they depict him. Um, Steed Bonnet, who was a, a nobleman who became a pirate just for funsies, and uh, Blackbeard, and uh, Blackbeard is played by Taika Waititi. And the show really starts to kick into gear when they bring Taika Waititi in to the to the narrative um previously you just kind of see him from behind like smoking a, a, a pipe in a chair but when they really bring him into the story to start interacting with steed um the show really takes off and the contrast between the two characters of the very uh a feet and silly and frou-frou-y steed bonnet and and blackbeard of course who's terrorizing professional pirate um, and they they kind of have this interest in each other that you're not really expecting because um, uh, Blackbeard wants to learn how to become a gentleman and Steed wants to become a better pirate. And so they kind of play off each other that way and their crews uh, intermingle not very well. Um, I really don't want to give away a whole lot. There's a lot of star cameos that uh that pepper this thing that are fun to watch but and i you know i there's the way the direction that this show goes is is a place that i think most people wouldn't necessarily expect and i don't really want to give too much away about except to say that you know if you invest the time to to get into this get past like those first three dodgy episodes 
you'll you'll really start to enjoy the show. The humor becomes a little more sophisticated, more fun. The characters become deeper. Their relationships with each other become deeper, and it just becomes overall a really fun show to watch. Can I can I ask? Um, I love what we do in the shadows. I I know I I do like Taika White White TD, and I like the writers and crews of that show and mm-hmm. and their films. Because this is a pirate show, which I that's I had no interest in a pirate show, but I liked the cast. I was like, oh, that's the werewolf guy from like you know. Um, so my question is, the, no. the, 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 well, the hook <laughs> of what we do in the shadows is that they're using the office. They're using the kind of like, oh, they're being filmed. You can't do yeah, that. Yeah, they don't do that with this. No, they don't do, do that, that at all. This is not, just... There is nothing document. There is nothing pseudo documentary like about this at all. Eh. I'm nervous because I'm like I like about the show well you know I mean I first of all I love pirate stuff so they were going to capture me uh, from the very beginning although I you know in the beginning I don't think they do that particularly well Um, I think what what brings you in is is getting to know the characters the more invested in the characters themselves you are the more you're going to like the series but it's not going to be for everybody I mean, well, it wasn't it wasn't for me when it first started. I had to be, you know, cajoled to go back. And and, you know, then I, I found something worth watching in it. But, it, you know, it's not everyone's taste. Uh, okay. You, you I said like, I was about to say you said speak. Hurry up. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I watched seven episodes for this podcast. Um, <laughs> I woke up early. I have a cold and I'm still participating um, anyway. So. Uh, so, Peter. Listen to my take because I think it may answer some questions for you. Um, So here's the thing. Uh, And this has a lot to do with managing expectations because Allison absolutely stressed that it gets better, like, you know, maybe way better at episode four. So I think maybe I was expecting it to get super way better by Oh, no, 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 no. That wasn't what I was trying to say. It it starts improving. It does. It does improve, but it gets better with each episode. No, no, I get that now, but, I, but I, what I'm saying is that was my, you know, kind of sort of mistake. So so anyway, the point is this. I won't belabor the point. Uh, I think everything that Allison said is 100% true. I won't say that none of it is true, but to a much lesser degree for me. Uh, and, and I did have some problems. Number one, this is, again, nobody's fault. The show's not, not the fault. But that's why when you were talking, Peter, I was like, no, I knew where you were going with that. Um, I expected, I, I wasn't, first of all, here's something I never knew I needed was Taika Waititi in leather. So when I when he when he came out, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna pay more attention to this show. Uh, and I say that jokingly, but I mean that also seriously. He definitely brought uh, a fun and yet a, the, a gravitas that I didn't know he had. You know, acting chops. So absolutely, the show gets better uh, from his. Uh, the strength of his character, his acting, all of that for sure. The first three episodes uh, aren't even as terrible as they are too long. Like if they had just done what they wanted to do in one, one and a half episodes, it wouldn't have been so painful. Um, That being said, I'm going to rush through the rest of it. I did see seven of it. It does absolutely get better. However, it isn't that inventive to me. There's that whole section of it's it's been done before where pairs get together and they kind of teach each other, you know, the other's world. You know what I mean? Like, I will show you a pirate world. I will show you a refined, sophisticated world. So none of that was particularly new. Um, and, you know, there's that My Fair Lady scene where you're I don't know why every 
every show uses silverware and plateware and sitting down and having a sophisticated meal as the is like the one thing that it's like I'm going to teach you how to be a, a sophisticated person. This is a salad fork, and I'm like, oh my god, seriously, we're going to sit through this? Well, Start I thought they were more making fun of that trope than, yeah, they than were. actually oh, participating no. in it. No, 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 not fair, fair, but it doesn't matter. They used it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even need them to make fun of it. We've seen that as well. That being said, I am seven episodes in. I will absolutely finish it. I am curious to see uh, how it ends or what they do with it. Um, I'm not 100% sold because there was a part of me that thought it was going to be more like a black adder kind of a thing, you know, Um, which it is 100% not. So, Peter, here's what I will say. Yeah, it is not a comedy. There are comedic bits. Well, right? no, it is a comedy. Well, no, no, <laughs> There's sorry, some very funny sorry. bits. So, sorry, that's not, what I meant. It me. is not that satiric kind yes. of really edgy, off-the-wall yes. Black Adder stuff. Exactly. No. It's not that, nor is it documentary kind of the office It's none of those things, Peter. So, so yes, I, I take it back. Well, I said what I said for, for a reason. It isn't a comedy straight a strong comedy for me but it is compelling enough to watch so there are parts that are funny uh there are parts that get uh more inventive it does look nice you know the costume design the set design you know i think that um it's a good enough show to the quality of the show is good enough for sure the acting is solid so i would say it's worth a look uh, especially like i said if you are willing to go to four you absolutely should not start the show if you're not willing to go to four there's no no, there's no way you can, you will, you have to go to four people. So that's All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks guys. Thanks guys. Um, next up, we'd like to talk about slow horses and we're on episode, I think it's four, four and five or just four. I think it's five. It's five. Yeah. Five. Cause we talked about four. Um, and so for five, this is the episode where they're definitely all on the run. They meet up at the cemetery and they take notes and then. The new guy, who I can't think of his name, is like, I have evidence that the leader of MI5 has really met with this guy, and she's trying to frame their group for having, you know... For her screw-up. For, for her screw-up, and he's like, I have a picture of them together, and that's why I actually got sent here, because she wanted to bury that picture, and uh, I was like, oh, wow, okay, um... And so they do this big elaborate kind of sting thing where I I like that they don't tell us what's going on because I was like, what's happening? Um, but that well, was kind of cool. I thought that was cool. We're we're about we're about at the same level as the rest of the people at MI five. The fact that Gary Oldman tells them he's got a bomb in the car, right? Got a bomb in the boot, <laughs> <laughs> and then what he did have in the boot was Cartwright, <laughs> right? And Cartwright slips out. So well, he- I, I figured that part. I was like, oh, he has him. and Because you see him pulling stuff off the body. And I was like, first I was like, wait, is he going to pretend to be the dead body? And I was like, that doesn't make sense. And so I was trying to figure out where they were going with the little bits of evidence that I had. And I did not figure the bot, But I did figure he was in the trunk. Can I just say, Gary Oldman is having so much fun. Oh, with yeah. This oh, my oh, God. Yeah. On the cemetery scene... Where he gives them the, the speech. Worst ever. <laughs> <laughs> that was and great. So said, this is the worst pep talk ever. It's like I really need it. <laughs> I was like, not the the best St. Crispin's Day speech. No, no. That was, but it's hilarious because he he you know he builds up to it like it's gonna be something like that, and then he just insults the hell out of him and walks away. 
it was it, he's he's just so perfect in this part. I, I absolutely love his scenes. The bit in the car, too, where he's just, you know, listening to to that to, to the song and rocking out to it. And like, oh, I can't hear you. And what is it? You know, sorry. Yeah. Walk 100 miles. <laughs> <laughs> Team kidnapper. That 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 driver dude is nuts. Oh yeah, okay. absolutely. Oh, and God. the guy oh. who had the gun for ninety percent of the episode is an idiot for not just shooting him. Like, well, there, I think it's been established that they all have about you know the brains that could fit in a teacup. That's so, true. Too. Yeah, that's, that's we're not talking about you know real brain trust here. Um, but yes, I, the, the guy who who's leading this, who's driving the car, is is completely unhinged. Oh yeah, absolutely He's terrifying. Thankfully, the kid is quick on his feet and improvises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, Slow Horses so far has been really good. And then we got the confrontation at the end where he brings out the picture and they have they have their little negotiation. Uh, so his scene, Gary Oldman's scenes with what's the woman's name? Kristen Scott Thomas. Their confrontations are are always the best scenes. Like, well, you're you're watching like two consummate professionals. Exactly, it's absolutely <laughs> gorgeous. I'm not sure if she won for English Patient, but I know she was nominated for it. Yeah, the two of them are yeah. amazing in their scenes together, and it's just riveting television. I don't even care what they're talking about; you just want to watch them talk. <laughs> and they're both so sure that they're smarter than the other one. So yeah, they're just going back. I, I like that it kept going back and forth. He's like, "You'll never catch my guy. We just caught your guy." He's like, "Oh, if you caught my guy, then who's that guy?" <laughs> <laughs> so all of that was was fantastic and thumbs up. And Slow Horses is yeah. I think we get what eight episodes. I so, so yeah, it's 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 well, pretty good. We did finally get our answer about River getting set up though. Yeah. Oh yeah, what happened to him? Right, right, right. Uh, oh, and then they said the woman died. The woman that got shot in the head. Well, that makes sense that she's dead. That's what they said. I would not. I would not necessarily believe that. Uh, yeah, because he remember he just went to see her in the hospital. Oh, that's true. Huh. All right. Good thought. All right. That, let's that's move. How the dude left him. <laughs> let's just let's wrap that up. Thumbs up. Slow horses. Amazing television. Yeah. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk about episode three and four of Outer Range, and. Is this the saggy middle of the show? Because it became it it went from cool sci fi western to uh, Twin Peaks out Twin Peaks out uh, western. Like what the heck is going on now? Twin Twin Peaks meets Yellowstone. Oh my god! It's and you got people dancing in front of bulls now, and you and naked and what? Listen, this is what I said to Olivia because we were rolling into that right, and we were both looking at each other like this is just getting weird. And I was like, as long as I don't get butt crack, I'm all right. I'm all right. And And then then it's like butt crack. I was like, damn it or darn it. I was like, okay. I was like, now I'm, I was like, now I'm done. I mean, not with the show, but I was like that episode. And I was like, that's a little too weird. I mean, look, I, I'm not offended by what I saw. I just thought now they're just pushing it at you. You know what I mean? And, and I will say this. Um, I love Cowboys and Westerns and you, we all know, we all, we all love sci-fi. So I was very excited about this show. I think Josh Brolin is a solid actor. It's not like my favorite, but I thought perfectly cast, you know, so I was 
low-key excited about this show. I don't hate the show at all, but I feel a little bit like it's trying a little too hard to be, you know, dark OA Twin Peaks for just for that sake. You know what I mean? Like, we, I haven't seen a show like this in a while, a la Twin Peaks, except for Dark, which was, you know, Twin Peaks on steroids and crack and all that other stuff. So I feel like, uh, and, and like I said, yes, there's the OA, but this is definitely not the norm so i just feel like they're trying a little too hard to be a little not clever isn't the right word but you know odd or whatever and i don't think they're quite pulling it off and it's and it's they're just not giving of us enough as libya said sci-fi you know and it just seems sort of like a whatever boring not boring but drama you know so for me uh i think um you know the time travel stuff is clearly what we're all in for you know the that's why we're invested um so i, I mean of course i think i'll keep watching i'll let you guys talk about deconstructing the rest of the show but i just felt overall that um it isn't as good as I had hoped, uh, there is room for it to get better, but I do feel it's trying, it, it's trying a little too hard to be odd, you know, or, or different and it's not working for me. Yeah. I think that they're just stuffing too many ideas and too many things going on. They, they keep bringing up new questions without bothering to answer any of the first ones. Mm -hmm. So I was really with it the first two episodes and now I'm just sitting there looking at the screen and going, come on. Um, and, and, you know, the whole thing with, with, uh, Josh Brolin's character, Royal, he, he, there's, they haven't given any explanation for why he will not tell his own family that there is this hole that's open up in, in the middle of his range. It's like, you know, Hey honey, I, I was just out on the range and, and found an opening in the time space continuum. Well, I mean, especially once the body shows up on the land. Because they're like, didn't you get rid yeah. of the body? And he's like, yeah. Then how did it end up there? Oh, I don't know. I guess I can't uh, tell you. And I'm like, what? I mean, not only that, but they also have not only cattle missing, but more importantly, they have a daughter-in-law who's gone missing. Who their, Good point. Who their son is who their son is is grieving over and clearly she's disappeared through there also i think it's pretty obvious um i mean i i would be shocked if this is not the case that the little girl and that the the stranger they have living on their land right now autumn is the same person peter Uh, had that peter had that theory but i don't think it works it doesn't work i don't don't think that works that doesn't work with each other yeah. They look exactly alike, and she said that she disappeared when she was nine, which is the same age that this girl is. So I'm waiting for her to d- disappear down the hall. Except that, except that she didn't recognize the symbol of the ranch. She she didn't yeah, well, know what it was. We don't know how she ends up in the hole. She, she could, I mean, memory loss. Exactly. We don't know what happens just beforehand. She could get hit in the head or just the yeah. process of falling through the, the yeah. hole. I mean, we really don't know. But this, the, the remember, uh, Josh Brolin's character also can't remember anything before right. the age of nine and can't point to, to what went on. Maybe uh, that military thing is like science experiments or something. Do you know what I mean? Oh, no. You well, know, well whatever they need to give us more information regardless. Something. regardless. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just they've got too many things going on, and this whole thing with Will Patton's character, and I love Will Patton, but I do too. just right now I don't understand his character. He at sounds all. like he's insane. He's he's yeah. clearly nuts, but they also you know one minute he's on oxygen and can't get out of bed or or a wheelchair, and the next minute he's wrestling with James Brolin and winning. Yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah we were talking about that. Yeah, Josh Brolin, sorry, <laughs> um, wrong Brolin. 
But yeah, um, it's, it's just, ugh, please. Go ahead, make Tom. Up your mind. Tom. I could, if, if that kid, the, the younger, the surviving neighbor kid sings one more time, oh my God, <laughs> dude, you suck. <laughs> funny about that i i don't know if you guys watch Shit's creek he was he played the 180 completely different character of patrick on on oh my Shit's god creek. that's him that's him and he really oh does my have a god singing voice he is he should get an academy award like yeah, i know real. it's just like like i looked at him and at first i'm going god i should know you oh my god that's patrick um, him singing at that funeral was fantastic because the look on everyone's faces as he was singing was <laughs> so great well, yeah. especially when the uh, when the straight you know the the, the girl who's um, the, the the young woman who's stay, homesteading or camping oh, on no. her hand oh, no. to him and talks to him. and she's like, like oh yeah. your singing was so great and I was like really that's what you're gonna say okay. <laughs> the, uh, I can't remember the character actor who plays their their mom who obviously is divorced from dad but man when she's like wow. looking at Royal's family it's like. It's him. Oh, because at first we were like, why did she open the coffin? She opened the coffin to see who couldn't look at the body. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Uh, So that was was really good. I was like, look at her being a detective. I do like the sheriff, but I feel like she's in a rock and a hard place situation. And the case that she's investigating, I don't really care about. But I like her, if that makes sense. Um, But let's wrap this up. I think... The first two episodes were a really good start to the show. This yep. feels like kind of a saggy middle of the yep. show, so I'm really hoping the next episodes are just, better. The only, thing, the only thing I want to add is that I feel like I sort of feel the opposite. It's not the opposite of Usain, or it's that the weirdness of the show is what I'm liking, even if it doesn't all make sense, and I would and I would cop to that. The thing I'm worried about about this show is that I don't, care about essentially what i guess we see is like the normal human drama which is you know oh uh the son killed this guy yeah nobody cares about that yeah like like, Mm -hmm. that's what so it's just funny because houston was talking about the weird stuff and i'm like no what's bringing the show down for me is what i think of as like the normal soap opera stuff i don't disagree i just Mm -hmm. think that the weird stuff is not being done well enough like we said we don't mind weird we just want more and we want we want it done better and connected in some way to the freaking hole in the ground i don't mind the weird i just want it to be done better like you know i I was just really worried when the pilot started with the murder I was like, oh, no, is this going to be the whole freaking season? <laughs> and I'm like, and I think it is. And I was like, eh. so, yeah, I mean, I'll probably still watch the next next week's episodes. I just yeah, I I think we all pretty much feel exactly the same. And it's like, no, it's, it's a good enough cast I, and it's well made. I honestly I I guess to go to like uh, what Tom would normally say, I honestly think it's the scripts. I just think the scripts aren't very yes. strong. Like, yeah, I think everything else. Everyone else is doing their job. I just think the scripts are kind of mediocre. So. Yeah. Okay. Good Good call. All right. Yeah. So let's wrap that up. Um, and if you have any questions or comments, you send them to tvcampfire.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook, sci-fi.radio, Enopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Later. Bye. Bye.